morning and happy uh, Saturday. Uh, welcome to another episode of House Call with Dr. Samadi. We are so happy to be with you. Another exciting week that went by, which I'm going to summarize after my interview with a special guest that we have today. We have Anna Kate uh, from New York, a very, very exciting and interesting character. And I'd love to talk to her. And you can also like send all of your questions during the show. And I'm happy to ask her as we go along. Let's welcome Anna Kate to our program. Good morning, Anna. How are you? Good morning. Thank you for having me on. <laughs> it's a pleasure to have you. Um, I know you're not uh, from far away. You're also from New York. So uh, we appreciate you being with us on a Saturday. Just for the audience to um, really get to know you a little bit. Um, I know you told me that you were born in, in Russia and you moved to America many, many years ago when you were really young. We'll talk about a little bit about life in Russia and also what you're up to today. How does that sound to you? That sounds great. <laughs> Good. So um, Anna is a born-again Christian, conservative Christian, and uh, she's lived in this country for many years. I know you are uh, having multiple uh, business. What I was interested about is the fact that you were very, very active on YouTube for many years, and you were giving a lot of public service. You were educating a lot of people. And all of a sudden, your YouTube started to be censored. They cut it down. And that triggered me because I noticed also on my Twitter, and we have a lot of people. Right now, as we speak, we're talking on YouTube and Facebook. But on my Twitter account, I realized immediately after 4th of July, something really drastic happened. The number of hits started to really slow down. The videos were getting 300,000, 400,000, and they really slowed it down. So... And then when I saw what you were talking about, YouTube censorship, that really triggered me and I wanted to speak to you. So why don't we start with that and tell me exactly uh, what happened to your social media? Sure. So back in 20, 2018, I started a YouTube channel and I had it going for almost a year. Um, I was covering topics that not a lot of people wanted to talk about, some really tough subjects such as child trafficking and what's going on across the border and you know infiltration of drugs and 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 um some some you know not so easy to listen to topics especially about kids and and having experts that are involved in rescuing children and people that are involved in covering these stories journalists and so my channel started growing really quickly and a lot of people wanted more information and i thought you know what this is this is this is something we need to talk about that's not discussed as much um, as as it should be because it is the number one crime in this country is sex trafficking. And not a lot of people know that. They think it's gun violence. It's not. It's actually sex trafficking. If you talk to any police officer, they will tell you that same thing. And so I started covering that topic. And little by little, um, I, st I started getting a lot of views, you know, 40, 50,000 views. I mean, just span of a few months. And one day out of nowhere, I'd never had a flag. I never had a strike. And all of a sudden, my page was pulled down. I got an email from YouTube saying uh, your your channel has been taken down. Everything has been deleted. You don't you can appeal. But, uh, you know, obviously I tried to appeal. I knew that it was never going to come back on. And I figured, wow, I think that I touched a, a nerve here because you would think that YouTube would want us to talk about child sex trafficking. I'm not Absolutely. talking about, you know, ch child abuse, um, 
you know, satanic rituals that's going on with these kids, you know, things you would think that they would want people to know and would want to watch their children and to watch for, for hallmarks of potential kidnappers. But clearly YouTube did not uh, approve of that topic. So I got pulled, all my videos were deleted. The next day, it was as if I never even existed on YouTube. Every single video was deleted. So, so th this is very, very disturbing because what happened was, again, you know, as a physician, I know a little bit about sex trafficking, but I'm not the expert. I don't know much. And I want to hear exactly what happens. And for people who are not aware, just to learn a little bit more. But I saw like two doctors that started to talk about the pandemic. And these guys, I believe they were from Midwest. And they came out and they talk about wearing the mask, about the COVID, the contagiousness. And they went into the details and their videos went viral. And next thing you know, YouTube is shutting them down. Facebook is putting block on them. Every one of these social medias starting to like do the censorship. First of all, is this because uh, there was, I'm just curious, and I would go ahead and ask you like right off the bat, was this because there was pornography? Did they give any reason? Was it because you were conservative and they don't want conservative people to be heard? What is going on in this country? Why do we have all these social medias out there to begin with? And why do we have them block people like you and myself and other people? That's a really great question, doctor. Because considering, I mean, I don't remember exactly what the email said. I actually have to go back and look at it. But it was not pornography. I never posted any pictures of any sort. It was just covering sex trafficking, um, what the process is, how to get these girls out, uh, what the process is with kidnappers, how it comes across the border, um, private planes, human trafficking across the border. So, um, you know, I never got a reason why they took me off. I need to check the email. But I'll tell you this. I find it very interesting that on YouTube, the channels that do have basically pedophilia on YouTube with little children dressing as, you know, little girls and clearly drugged out um, and talking about God knows what being sexualized on YouTube, those channels are not pulled. You know, the, the, the channels where you have little kids that are sexualized, real yeah. child pornography is not pulled down. They're not flagged. They're not striked. They're up and running and they're up and running for pedophiles to just go on YouTube, not even just look at the, the footage, but also stalk these young children and it, they're being exploited and that's not being pulled down. But channels like myself, where I talked about these topics, and I talked about how to help, how to, how, you know, what, where you can find more information um, to dig deeper. That kind of channel was pulled down. So I, I started a hashtag instead of hashtag YouTube. I started hashtag pedotube because yeah. they were covering the channels that are exposing it and the channels that uh, exploit it and, and, and sexualize it and dramatize it are, are, are still up. It's, it's very, very unfortunate. And I get so many emails from people that are saying that they're leaving all these social medias, Twitter's, Facebook, Instagrams, they're going to mm -hmm. all these other places. But, you know, I don't understand why we always need to be running. And I hope that the president, through some form of uh, executive decisions or order, really get control of this because it's unacceptable. It has to be a fair channel for everybody. And, and it's the free country. And you know, if we're going to be censored and we're going to be shut down, might as well just like move to China or Russia or other places. It's just absolutely ridiculous. And I know that's where you lived and that's where you came from. Correct? Correct. I was born in the Soviet Union. 
And uh, my family has experienced the silencing, you know, the, 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 the fascism, the just you know, Nazis and communism. Um, and they experience not having a voice, being too afraid to speak up. See, the problem is they, you know, when I say they, I talk about um, the people that have an agenda. A lot of times they own a lot of the, the social media, television, you know, the programming, they're programming you to think a certain way, to vote a certain way, to not diverge from their uh, from their thoughts and and not not have any kind of uh, you know to have a group think instead of having individualistic ideas and notions. So I think that um, you know there was there, there was a they cannot control people who have no fear of them. You know, for me, uh, people ask me why are you, how are you so bold? How how do you speak on these topics and how are you not afraid? I am not afraid. First of all, as a born again Christian, God forbid if anything happens to me, I know where I'm going to be, and I know I'm going to be with my Savior right next to Him for all eternity. So I am not worried what they do to me, and they cannot control that. They hate that. So all they can do, the best that they can do, is either threaten me, which they have. Uh, the next day, I, and I, you know the story a little bit. I talk about it here and there, but the day before my YouTube channel was pulled down, I was threatened and I was followed and I was with a friend and I have a witness. It was the weirdest thing. It was the eeriest thing. Um, I'm not going to get into it, but I knew that that I touched some some toes that it was this is this to. is in America. This happened in, in this America. Country. In America, could you believe it's it? Shameful. It's yeah, shameful. It's and what's interesting is when I got involved and I started liking politics, which was which is weird to begin with because I never was into politics. But once I um you know became a born again Christian, I, I started noticing the news and I, I knew from an early age, a young age, that socialism and communism is evil. It destroyed my native country. And I love this country. My family and I came to America for freedom, opportunities, First Amendment, Second Amendment. And what's crazy is when I started talking, uh, you know, when, when I started getting involved in politics a few years ago, my mother sat me down and said, Anna, I, I, I have to voice my concerns. You know, are, are you are you sure you want to talk about politics? I mean, it's it's dangerous. And I said, Mom, it is not dangerous. This is America. OK, we're not yeah. in Russia. I'm not going to go right. missing tomorrow. But unfortunately, you know what I'm starting to see is that it's America, but it, there it's a it's a hybrid of communist China slash Russia where there is censorship, where there is um, controlled thought. There are threats. It's all real. And they don't want anyone to wake up. And unfortunately for them, a lot of people are. I agree with you. And um, it's very interesting what you're bringing up because you and I, without even knowing each other, and I just know you for a few minutes, it's amazing how our life story is so similar. I also came from Iran, Persian Jew, lived Persian. in Europe, came over here, and uh, you know, look at what's going on in Iran right now. There's no freedom, people are being completely abused, mm -hmm. they destroyed the country, there's no freedom of speech or anything like that. And we all came to this country, and, and, and again, you know, immigrants are the foundation of this country, working hard, being honest, rolling up your sleeve, not looking for any handouts, and on and on and on. And that's how this country have gone far, the brains that is coming to this country. But yet, I also feel that we are at the fork today, and the country is changing. You talk about socialism and communists and everything else, and, the, you know, that's one of the reasons why a few months ago... I I said, there's no way that in this country, 
people like Bernie Sanders or Ocasio-Cortez and all these people that are bringing the ideas of socialism, taking from the rich, give it to the poor, give it handouts. The fact that right now it's unbelievable that we have people that have the job, but they cannot go back to work because their unemployment is more than what their salary is. Nothing makes sense anymore. So it's like, what's the incentive of going to work? If I'm going to get paid, and this is what they did, you know, and I always tried to completely stay out of politics like you forever. I didn't want to like show where I am. And I'm being very fair. I want this country to succeed. It's not about right or left. It's about America and the prosperity and the future of our children and family. So I, I'm with you 100 percent. What do you think about what's going on in the politics today, uh, about all this stuff that we hear uh, from the left and what they want to do to this country? Well, that's a great question. I think that uh, it's it's very similar to the Bolsheviks in Russia. I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting because what we see on TV, I think it's a very small group of people. You know, even though there's Marxism across the country and it's infiltrated our universities in the early 1930s, um, I think that, you know, I think that the media likes to project an idea that's across the country, but I think it's a very minute group of people. There are people on the left that do want, you know, progress and they do want, you know, all this socialist crap, you know, these socialist policies, which, which always destroy countries. I think they mean, you know, they mean well, they, they think that everyone can be equally rich, but they don't understand that that cannot happen. You can only be equally poor. If they have any sense Correct. of history, if they look at any country that has gone through this, I mean, they can look at a recent example. Forget about Russia 100 years ago. Look at Venezuela. It was a capitalist country. And Correct. everyone you know, talks about this all the time, but it's like they were they were sold an idea. I have a friend who's Venezuelan. They were sold the idea that socialism is going to be great. It's going to, everyone's going to prosper. It's going to be amazing. They have a black market for toilet paper, you know? So it's, it's, it's mind boggling that no one likes to learn history. It's not taught. Uh, you were going to say something? No, no, no. You're, I, I, you, you, I agree with you. Go ahead. I didn't mean to stop you. Oh, it's okay. So, um, yeah, so it's, so I, I think they're projecting, uh, this anti-America, this, you know, Antifa kind of members, um, you know, a very Marxist, uh, clearly a communist group. Um, you know, back in the day, back in the day, a few years ago, I, I worked for Project Veritas. I worked undercover and I infiltrated not just democratic campaigns to see what's going on, but also DSA, which is the democratic socialists of America, which is one of the biggest Marxist groups. They're all communists. I have it all on video. I mean, there's no, there's, it's, it's not even a fine line. They're, they're Leninists or they're, they're Trotskyists. They're, they're uh, democratic socialists. Uh, they're really communists, just like, let's see, Lenin, let's see, Stalin, they were all democratic socialists. That's what they ran as. They were not democratic socialists, they were communists. And so the tactics have have um, just, uh, have infiltrated this country and we're starting to see its ugly head because they're starting to get um, empowered because of the backless bones of these mayors and governors who are allowing this craziness to continue, this violence to continue by telling the cops to stand down. It's empowering the Marxists and it's empowering them to continue fascism. They think they're fighting fascism, but they're actually the fascists themselves. They're silencing, they're punching people, they're using intimidation. The same thing the Bolsheviks did in Russia and led to uh, this, the Bolshevik revolution, you know, the overturning of, of the last Tsar, you know, the monarch in Russia to, 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 uh, 
to have this wonderful socialist idea. What ha- what was the end goal? Well, I mean, what was the you know what was what happened in the end? Over forty million Russians were killed in just a span of a few decades. Uh, let alone the twenty or thirty million people in Ukraine that were starved to death in one year. Um, That's because unfortunate. Because of Stalin, my great my my great grandmother went through it. My great grandmother had a flourishing farm. She had a lot of animals, live you know livestock crops, and the communists went in there, told them that they're going to redistribute the crops so it's all fair for everyone. They pulled out all the crops from the ground. They took all the animals. My grandmother was and my great grandmother was able to hide one of the cows in the forest. And it felt it fed the whole village because everyone starved to death. They lied to them. And the ones that controlled the food control who gets the food. The one that controls healthcare is the one who controls who gets the healthcare. So everyone starved to death to to redistribute it because here's the thing, they can't they could not control the farmers. The farmers were living on their own. They didn't really care about politics. They didn't care what was going on because they were feeding their families with their own garden, with their animals. They didn't care what was going on. No, most were- people want most people want to have a good quality of life. They're all hard working people. But what I hear in what you're saying is and I concur with that, is the word control is exactly what they look for. They need to be in control of the healthcare. They need to be in control of the agriculture. They need to be in control of, of you. And by that, they be empowers them, come to me and I will fix all of your problems. And in those settings, as you mentioned, whether it's in Russia, and we have actually a lot of people from all over the, the world. In fact, I'm going to ask them because we have people from Poland, from Czechoslovakia, from Russia, from many other countries that are listening to us because the the audience that we have is all really international. And tell me if communism has ever worked. I would love to hear from one person that would say, like, this is the best system that they ever lived in. And you're right, waiting for toilet paper for hours, waiting for your gas for hours. And when people tell you to pay your fair share, that's always... Or, you know, they use race and sex and racial mm-hmm. justice and all these like, like crazy stuff is to divide us. We're yes. all Americans. Well, it's politics because it's, it's, it's a way to infiltrate. So it's a it's a very um, if, you, if you ever if you know who uh, Antonio Gramsci is, if you read his book, um, the, the Prison Notebooks, which has also been uh, Carl Boggs has a really great interpretation of it. He, he simmers it down from like a huge book to, to a little tiny book. I suggest everyone read it because everything that we see in this country is exactly what he talked about in the 1930s. He's from Italy um, and actually Mussolini put him in jail. He's a well-known communist on the left side. A lot of conservatives don't know about him. There is two mainstream ideas of how to instig- how to info- how to um how, how to start socialism in a country. One way is the Lenin tactic, which is coercion uh, by force. So it's using force to, to have a violent revolution and then re-educating people. Whereas, is, that, is, is that the mask business? Is that why they're coming up with this force thing to well, mandate well, everyone to wear a mask? Is that one of those <laughs> examples of having control over people? That's one way. But you know what? With us, they don't even need, we don't even need to have a um, an invasion anymore because we have an infiltration in the highest forms of government. Uh, education, political, you know, political system, uh, the finance system. So the other communist tactic is with Gramsci, who said, you don't need to use force. You don't need to have violence, even though that's what we see with Antifa. He said, you don't need to have violence. What you can do is you can invade every step, every, every, um, every step and every 
system in the government, infiltrate it and take it by with peace. And then uh, you basically radicalize by indoctrination, you radicalize the youth. And, you know, Stalin said, actually, Lenin said, you give me one generation of youth and I will make permanent revolutionaries out of them. So Gramsci said, infiltrate these, these, the, I, the, ideological politics, right? Having different groups that uh, you have the Lenin, you know, you, you have the um, environmentalist group, you have the you know LGBT community, you have, um, you know, African-American issues, you, you infiltrate those. And there's articles on it. If you read in the independent, which is communist manuscript, communist newsletter that they posted every, every week that my friend who has infiltrated uh, communists in America for over 40 years. He has all of these newsletters. They've talked about their plan of infiltrating all of these groups and creating this identity politics. This is nothing new. These are Marxist tactics. So Gramsci said, infiltrate these groups, radicalize them, indoctrinate them, and they themselves will demand a revolution. So you do it by re-education first, and then you have a revolution, whereas Lenin said, no, you, you have a violent revolution and then you re-educate them. And a lot of people, like my mom included, they didn't like it when they were in school. They, I a th- lot of I th- brainwashed Yeah, I, I think what is what they're trying to do here is first to do the revolution and then worry about, like, you know, re-education. I don't think that, that a lot of the Americans, won't even, they mm-hmm. don't even get to that far. And one of the things that I said is that we don't need another revolution of... 1979 in America. This is uh, really, this country is based on, uh, you know, innovations, uh, working hard, growth. You know, we're not used to this kind of like like Chinese style and like blocking people's and people's growth, etc. I really don't think this is going to work. I mean, you know, we'll see what happens in November. We'll see where people stand. But I think the future of this country and at this point, there's a lot of concern as to which way we're going to turn. One way is going to bring us a lot of prosperity and growth and freedom. And the other one is going to be just lockdown and death and destruction and what we see right here in New York City. Um, let me change the topic a little bit. And I want to talk to you a little bit about this uh, reborn Christian conservative, because I have a lot of friends from Russia. And I know over there, you're not allowed to have any religion. You don't uh, believe some people don't a lot of them don't believe in god and atheists etc how what happened to you what was the point where some this is a 360 degree change so how did that come about i'm so curious to hear that that's a great question. Well, I want to say something about Russia really quickly. You know, under communism you could not have a religion. It was it was atheism. Um or else you would be missing the next day and you'd be hung in the street. But um you know, and so there's a lot of Christians in Russia, a lot of Jews in Russia, um, mostly Christians, because the Jews were also persecuted. My, my father is, is Jewish, so there's a lot of anti-Semitism in Russia as well. But um, it's better now. You know, there's churches and it's flourishing. It's a very Christian nation. Um, but with me, it's it's interesting because I, um, I was an atheist. Uh, well, I grew up. In, my mom was a Christian, so I grew up knowing about God and going to church, but I didn't like the institution of the church. I didn't like religiousness. And unfortunately, it's kind of what it's become. It's very religious, where I realized a relationship with God is is, is a relationship, and it's not forced. It's, it's if you love someone, you want to spend time with them. And so we are the church. You know, we, uh, as his children, are the church, and we're to, we're to commune together. But to, to, to answer your question, um, I was, you know, playing poker professionally for a few years and um, 
doing it full time and I was having the time of my life. I got on Survivor, my favorite show. I got to play a game that I've wanted to play as a kid. I put medical school on hold. I was going to go to medical school. And oh my goodness. To take some time. You could, you could have been yeah. a doctor right now. <laughs> I could have been. I know Dr. my family was, were so proud of me. My family were so proud of me when I decided to skip medical school and be a professional poker player. They were so proud. They're like, ah, this is our dream for you, Anna. This is why we brought you here. No, they were so pissed at me. But um, so it led me down a road. It was it was fun and it was it was it was a stressful lifestyle, but really fun. And I got to a point in my life after I got after I filmed Survivor and I got back home. And I was living with my boyfriend at the time, my ex-boyfriend at the time, and um I, I got, I became very, I never been depressed, but I got very depressed and very broken and very lost. I got to the point where I didn't want to play poker anymore. I, I lost all my passions and I, for some weird reason, really was interested in politics. It was 2015. Um, Bernie Sanders was running for office and I knew he's a communist. Why is he running for office? I got very interested. I started reading a lot, ordering a lot of political books, watching a lot of you know shows on YouTube and following what was going on. And long story short, uh, you know, really a long story short is one day I just broke down. I got on my knees and I said, God, if you're real, I, I want to know you. What do I do? with? I asked him three things. What do I do with my life? Because I'm lost. I don't want to play poker. What do I do? Oh, am I going to go to medical school now? I'm like, it's kind of late. And three, um, you know, uh, tell me the truth of the world because I feel like I'm being lied to. And a few weeks later, really a long story short, there was this man that uh, I thought was a fan. But anyway, we, we um, he came up to me and just answered all of my questions, said, I'm here to tell you God is real. I know it's going to sound weird, but God uses me as a messenger. And long story short, it answered all my questions. This guy I never met answered all the questions that I asked God in that moment. Because there was no, I never, I didn't tell a soul. It was, it was just me in my room by myself crying. And God was answering. And I want to tell you something else. The reason why I knew God was real was because when I was 18, I took a trip to Jerusalem with some friends of mine on a birthright trip. And in Jerusalem, I in the middle of blaspheming God and saying, look at these idiots praying to a God that doesn't exist. Uh, the most amazing thing happened. Uh, the glory of the Lord. Now I know it's the glory of the Lord. The Holy Spirit fell on me. I mean, it was the most amazing feeling. My friend experienced it. We heard singing, like angels singing. It was, I never knew what it was. I never forgot that moment. And so long story short, when at 28 years old, uh, you know, 10 years later, this, this man was answering all my questions and I knew God was real. And I accepted Jesus. I, I said, that. Jesus, come in my heart. All of my depression in that moment when I said, Jesus, I believe that you are the Jewish Messiah. You are Yeshua HaMashiach. You are you are the Lord of Lords, the King of Kings. Like Good I accept you. you. And that moment, doctor, that moment, I felt all of the weight that was on my shoulders, all of like the weight, my past, you know, everything I've done that I regret, uh, all the depression, literally, I felt it lift I felt free. Well, you know something? It's real. wonderful <laughs> to hear your story. I love the honesty. It's so, so great that you're just so comfortable to talk about this. And I see how it, had, it has made a big difference in your life. And people sometimes ask me, like, as a doctor, why would you want to talk about these topics? Because the art of medicine is not just to give a prescription for amoxicillin or give a little medication here and there. You see, like, the healing of the person, and that's even a bigger medicine for someone like you. And I hope more and more people really find that peace among them, because that would make our, our world, our globe, a much better place to live.
This is yeah. so, so beautiful. Yeah, I just want to say one thing, just to just just to piggyback on what you just said. Amen. For me, and I, this is what I recommend for everyone, it's so simple. Even if you're an atheist, because I was a hardcore atheist. I was in medicine. I was a bio, you know, I was in, I love biology. I was going to go do that in medical school. And I thought there's no way that God's real. But when I took the moment to say, hey, God, are you real? Can you show me you're real? That's that's all you have. Open heart. Just ask. So I suggest anyone, even if you're an atheist, this is the most important question you will ever ask and you will ever get the answer to. It's not, should I vote Democrat, Republican? It's not, you know, should I have oh, yeah. It is literally, is God real? Is there an eternal life? Is there repercussions for my sin or anything that I do? You know, it's the most important question you will ever ask. And that's why we're trained not to talk about it. We're trained not to ask. We're trained to just believe whatever they say about evolution. It makes no sense when you really think about it. Um, you know, even especially as a biologist, like, hello, it doesn't make any sense. Um, where did the extra billions and billions of, you know, nucle nucleotide uh, sequence information come from? Hello. So just ask God. If I asked humbly in like despair, it, like a crying broken, I was a broken hearted, contrite uh, spirit. And he answered. So just ask. Uh, yeah. I, I believe in that. And also, I also, you've heard me say that many times as a surgeon who's done thousands and thousands of surgeries, and thank God my patients have done really well. I always say, number one, from outside, God is watching over me and making me uh, taking care of these people safely. But also, one of the things you've heard me say in the past before is that there has to be a creator because every time I, I'm in someone's abdomen and I look at the vessels, major arteries, major veins and nerves, there is a creator. There's no question about it. I've seen it with uh, black, white, yellow, blue, doesn't matter what color. You know, it's funny. We're all human beings. It doesn't That's matter what we look like. You know, it doesn't exactly right. It doesn't matter like what you look like on the outside. In the inside, we're all the same and we're all human being and there's no question that god is watching over me i uh, don't we only it's amazing how time flew and we only have just like like a minute left but i want you number one do a couple of things one is i want you to promise me how to learn and play poker maybe not as good as you but i would love to play poker it doesn't change my religion i just i love play backgammon I, and i think some of these games are great stress relief so number one, I want you to promise me uh, to, to teach me how to play poker. That's that's one thing I would love to learn from you. I don't play anymore. And that addiction was cleansed out of me, but I can teach you how to play. I just don't play anymore. I don't have a passion, which is weird. God cleansed it out, but I'll show you anyway if you want. Okay, that that that's great, <laughs> and uh, I hope that we will uh, get to see you more and uh, talk more. There are so many other topics I wanted to cover that we just don't have the time. But I really enjoyed speaking with you. We're going to post this all over social media. Hopefully, they won't take it down. I thought it was a very interesting topic you brought up and you talked. And I really appreciate your honesty. And, and, and amen. I just want to say one more thing to close it out. Um, just to piggyback on something you said. It's if there's a painter, if there's a painting, there's a painter. right? If there is, um, if, if, if there's a book, there's an author. If there's creation, there's a creator. Nothing happens randomly. Nothing happens just because it just blows up and everything is perfectly organized and so complicated. And our bodies, our brains are so complex. Uh, we didn't come from an amoeba. We didn't come from a monkey. You know, we came from God and God created us and he created us for a purpose. And even though you may not know what it is, it, there's such an awesome purpose for, for everyone's life. If you just ask the Lord, he'll show it to you. So God bless everyone. It was such a pleasure to come on, Doc. And Thank I'll you, Anna. Thank you so much. Take care of yourself and hope to see you soon.
Amen. You too. God bless. Thank you. Thank you very much. Wow, what an incredible story. And how many people like Anna are out there? Um, if you want to be part of our show, if you have great stories like this, if you know people that we should interview, please uh, put these messages or you can always uh, send them if you go to prostatecancer911.com. Uh, for medical questions, for comments like this, you can send me your emails over there. Um, this was very interesting. And we see how people have come from socialized countries to prosperity, to America, and they just don't want to go back. The politics of it is something for you to decide. But as someone who is in the middle of all of this, and I hear all these stories, my job is to just bring it out there and expose it to you. Let me tell you a little bit about the tip of the week and what exactly happened. There has been a lot of discussions about wearing a mask or not wearing the mask and where do we stand. I think mandatory mask by the governors is probably not a good idea and it's not going to work. And the reason is because when you look at the curves and the, the graphs of the death and the increase in the volume, we saw a lot of that in February and March. At that time, a lot of people from CDC, Dr. Fauci and others, they said that you don't need to wear a mask. That's probably the time that they had to mandate it because that was the peak of this problem. Now we're all the way down where the death rate for the past many weeks has gone down. To me, it doesn't make sense to mandate wearing a mask at this point. Yes, there are some spikes in places like, like Florida, in Arizona, in other places, but these are manageables. Um, the hospitals are not overwhelmed. The ICUs are not overwhelmed. I hear a lot of these big uh, titles and articles online, but there's also a lot of panic and hysteria that comes with it. So I think if you're around people, you're not able to socialize, the social distancing, you should be wearing a mask. If you're in outdoor, not too many people around you, and then I don't think that the mask is really going to help you. Um, the question of asymptomatic patients, whether they're able to pass the virus to others, um, today we stand based on some of the data that maybe asymptomatic people, um, they can pass the virus. CDC has always sent the mixed messages. Remember, they said that asymptomatic people are not going to be able to pass the virus and getting this from them is very low and very quickly they turn around and they switched it. So we'll see exactly where the data and research is going to go with this. As for immunity and how to boost your immune system, some of you asked me, like, what do you recommend? I think that, number one, you need to get enough sleep. You need to stick to a healthy diet. You need to exercise. I know these are very basic medical recommendations, but believe me, in a time like this where you want to boost your immune system, that's absolutely recommended. If you are not on vitamin D, Check your vitamin D level, and if it's lower than 30, add vitamin D to your supplements or talk to your doctor. Sometimes they may give you a big boost of 10,000 units and then, you know, follow you closely and find out what your vitamin D level is. I personally take about 2,000 units of vitamin D. You can take vitamin C. That also can boost your immune system. Um, and... Uh, uh, you know, again, healthy diet is the best thing. Hydroxychloroquine, a lot of you ask questions about that, and, and that's nonstop. Hydroxychloroquine, in my opinion, works if it's given early stage, just like, like steroid nebulizers, just like steroid puffs, 
Anything that would open up your lungs and bronchodilators, hydroxychloroquine perhaps can reduce inflammation before your body can be filled up with all these cytokines and inflammatory cells, and it will take over the systems. So you need to speak to your doctor and find out if that's appropriate. I don't think you should just take it randomly on your own. Um, and we'll see exactly where this uh, is going to go. But stay safe. Outdoor is much better than indoor. There was some topic about like uh, air conditioning maybe passing this virus around. But I really think that we see that in Europe, the steam of this virus is slowing down. Um, I'm still convinced that perhaps with heat and the summer, that this will uh, put pressure on this virus. And I think the numbers will go down. I really think that we will see waves like this, small spikes in many different states. If it's not in Florida, it would be in other places. And this will move until we get enough immunity in our society that we can control this virus. Don't let panic and fear get ahead of you. Um, spend some good time with the family. Um, and I uh, wish you all the best. Uh, and I hope you are healthy and all the good things. And we hope to see you next Saturday. I'll try to bring in people from different sects. Talking about medicine all the time could be a little boring. So I would love to bring someone who can talk about finances. You know, that's putting a lot of pressure and stress on families. How do we improve your finances if you can't pay rent, if you have in trouble in your investments? You know, I want to try to spice it up and bring good information for you. God bless you. Thank you for having uh, us in your Saturday uh, time. Uh, it's, it's our relaxing time together. So take care of yourself and we'll see you next week. Take care. Bye-bye.